What's shaking, YouTubeanites? Welcome to Lords of the Longbox presents the cover price comic book shakers of the week. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day. I myself am scorching. It is like 87 degrees in Orange County today, which is uh, uncalled for. Totally uncalled for. It was hotter here than it was when I went to Vegas over the weekend. Can you believe that? I don't understand how that works, but uh, I know we're late, but you know what? It's a tradition, so I got to do it, man. So, you know, while you guys are congregating, we already have a request for some freestyle music. So uh, let's drop this on you. Let me see what I got for you guys, man, because, you know, tomorrow's Friday. So we got to drop freestyle music and we already had a request for some freestyle music. So uh, let me drop this on for you right now. Apparatus is here. When I rock a rhyme, often eyes are dropping a tear. It's so beautiful, it's America's landscapes. When this man makes lyrics like the syrups that you pour upon your pancakes. My mandate is to grip minds like a handshake. Spit Orlando Lakes and go skinny dip with the fan base. Over any damn breakbeat, I hastily make pastries tastier than anything that Wolfgang makes. So take notes out of suckers, I make coats, lump of some like Bubba Gump fishing on lake boats. I take jokes and turn the comedy into drama. I'm bagging on your mama. I'm Jeffrey Dahmer behind you. I'm a rhyme writer. Lock, stock, smoking the ganja. Rebuttals befuddle, leaving a puddle of saliva, sillies. You couldn't handle Randall when I throw my grammar at you. It hit your head and you would think I threw a hammer at you. I point the camera at you like Herb Ritz. Develop it, then use the pictures to pick up bird shits. 
You're nervous as the impervious wordsmiths hanging out in Rafa's new crib come with the verses. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. Uh, man, I just realized we're going up against March Madness. The Sweet 16 starts today, right? Dude, if you say so. Doing? We should have yeah. taken the day off. <laughs> Yeah, Sweet 16 starts today, man. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, hey, shout out to everybody in the live chat. I hope you guys are enjoying your afternoon so far. Once again, this is a show sponsored by our friends over at CoverPrice.com. For your price guides, collections, and trends, head on over to CoverPrice.com for a two-week free trial for or $6.99 a month. Also, Key Collectibles. Go to Facebook.com, Instagram.com, forward slash Key Collectibles for all your slabbing, pressing, cleaning facilitating needs uh my buddy david hong will also be at WonderCon, so uh, i can't wait to see him uh we will be there as well and uh my man gabe may just come out too see what happens man i think i'll right. make it work we'll make it work all right me gabe and justin gonna be tearing stuff up you know what i'm saying so it's also sponsored by our friends at, at uh krscomics.com go to krscomics.com use this code to lotob to get 10 percent off krs any krs comics exclusives this drops friday at noon eastern nine pacific will jack Ooh. justice league number 75 boom that is gorgeous. Uh, and Will Jack and uh, Mike Mayhew will both be at the KRS Comics booth. And so I am going to be all over the place. I'm going to be hanging out with the KRS crew. But, you know, I am so tired. I, I you know, I'm not working any booths. I'm just going to be walking around. I'm still recovering from Vegas. But I'm going to be hanging out there for a bit. So uh, Will Jack and uh, Mike Mayhew will be there to sign uh, your, you know, your comics. They won't have a CGC facilitator, though. So if you want your uh, comics signed and submitted, make sure you grab a witness and bring them on over to the booth. Um, and they'll be doing... Uh, uh, sketches and whatnot mm. they're always cool yeah so make sure you check them out will jack and mike mayhew at the Karis comics booth um i would tell you right now hold on a second i wonder uh, if my cgc uh facilitator witness um status is still active hmm i'm at the look mm. into that yeah mm. well my man david my man, man david Hong from key collectibles would be there so uh you can uh you can you know you can get your you can find him and and get it so um uh, Karis Comics booth will be an 801. Also, make sure you check out the cover price panel that they're having at 530 on Saturday in one of the panel rooms. I don't have right off the top of my head, but you can look at the schedule and they're going to talk about uh, comic books and investing and uh, just the crazy world we're, we're in right now of comic books and the pricing and everything. So uh, it's going to be fun. I am going to attend that. I'm going to heckle them from the uh, from the audience. <laughs> uh, so once again, boys and girls, this is the Cover Price uh, comic book shakers of the week. This, this comes from our friends at Cover Price, focusing on new sales or the most interesting sales found on their exclusive daily shakers list. This list changes several times a day. So make sure you check out every day to review some of the hottest trending books on the market. So after we go over the top these 10 books, don't forget to hang out still because we're going to go and see what's shaking today, boys and girls. But today, we got to see what's shaking. All right. So uh, they're they're not in uh, any uh, numerical order or anything like that. These are all alphabetical. So um, and I rarely do I ever say this on a shake list, but I think people have a good chance to get at least maybe 
three or four of these, I think. Maybe? Okay, maybe three for sure. Uh, you know, but you know what? Hey, there's always hope, you know? All right. What do we got for the first one, Gabe? No, I'm going first and right out oh, the yeah, gate. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I'm going odds. He's going evens. Right out the gate, we've got Daredevil issue number 168, originally published in 1981 from Marvel Comics. Daredevil who? Oh, you mean wonder? Uh, you mean woman without fear? Killer writing by Chip Zdarsky and some great covers have rekindled readers' love of Elektra in current comics. In case you haven't been watching closely, there are a bunch of Elektra feature titles now. Starting with that Daredevil Volume 6, since issue number 25 when she becomes the new Daredevil, there's been Daredevil, Woman Without Fear, Elektra, Black, White, and Blood, and the upcoming Elektra 100, which will celebrate her 100th episode, uh, her 100th appearance in comics. It all started here in Daredevil issue number 168 with Frank Miller's 1981 creation of Elektra Nachios. This was Miller's first time writing and penciling Daredevil, and wow, did he come out with a banger. Under his writing, Daredevil turned around from a title that was losing readership into one of Marvel's flagship superheroes. We will forgive him for misspelling Elektra's name on the cover. Ouch. Because this is one cool character. This week, we noted a number of hot sales. A raw copy sold for $900. A 9.6 sold for $1,059. An 8.0 sold for a cover price high of $361. And a 6.0 sold for $265. An even lower grade 4.0 sold for $170. Yep, Electra is having her moment, and we can't help but wonder what this might mean regarding her potential introduction into the MCU. Yeah, so the reason I highlighted this, I picked this price because this is a 4.0 that sold for $170 raw. That's amazing to me. I mean, in the past, you never got it. Uh, I still befuddled that I sold my uh, my first appearance of, I sold mine when she appeared in the Netflix show. Uh, I should have held on to it, but um, you know, I always say, man, is there any other tortured uh, hero than Daredevil? I mean, he's been through so much stuff. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, geez, he has he has gone through the ringer. He is he has been he has had a tough life. Um, he gets it bad. He gets it bad through this series. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, programming note: cover price panel is actually on Friday. At 5:30 p.m. So there, you, make sure you check out Cover Prices panel Friday at 5:30 p.m. with Matt Devoe and John over at the WonderCon. So thank you for that. I thought you it was Saturday. You should get Saturday. a DJ for the panel. Yeah, right. Hey, yeah. if you guys, hey man, if you guys want me to DJ, I'll do it. We'll, we'll make it a party. But you know, at put put it this way: at 5:30 p.m. Uh, on a on a on a con day, people are tired as hell you know what i'm saying that's why that's a panel at 5 30 is perfect because some, some people can just sit there relax and just listen to people talk you know what that's i'm saying get off I, my feet panel yeah that is yeah exactly it's like uh going to disneyland and just going somewhere it's like i'm gonna take this train that goes around the park because i just want to sit there for like you know a good you know hour and not have to walk yeah. around so. small wonder that like a 15 minute ride and i get to sit down the whole time so let's yeah. go in there yeah, exactly. Most important thing, uh, one of the most important things attending a convention, boys and girls, 
comfortable shoes. Don't let your dogs get beat down. Wear don't comfortable wear new shoes. shoes. Oh, no. Don't try to break those bad boys in. Wear comfortable shoes or even Crocs. Who cares who laughs at you? As I get older, I don't even care anymore. It's like uh, <laughs> comfort is my thing. Looks or whatever. You know, I I, I lie. I still like looks because I, I, I get down with Adidas Ultra Boost. So, you know. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So, well. We're just digressing out to all kinds of. Uh, hit me up if you want some <laughs> foot, some uh, some advice about foot foot issues because I had uh, plantar fa- fasciitis, and I got uh, Adidas Ultra Boost and it cured it amazingly, amazing. All right, so Daredevil one sixty eight. Speaking of, and you know, and there's the hand for Daredevil, and we're talking about feet. See how that works out? Boom, synergy. I'm just saying. All right, uh, so Daredevil number one sixty eight, a low grade. 4.0 so for 170 170 boys and girls for raw yep all right next up is a book you may have but look sec look closely again double check these covers everybody we're talking about edge of spider verse number two this is the dark version from 2014 by marvel this dark version is edge of spider versus trend to spark much debate it's most important to note that this is not an error nor a defect. It's simply the process of printing a book with such dark colors. The varying degree of black is very subjective. Obviously, through the process, the initial printed books will get more ink than the books at the end of the run. We compare this to New Mutants 87, the first appearance of Cable, where the color wildly ranges between copies. There's an ultra-bright orange cover versus the more muted version. This is very noticeable. Even more so than the Edge of Spider-Verse, those color variants provide no market premium. However, black is a little tougher to determine. The key distinguishable factor is to closely focus on the buildings, especially at the outline. If you can make out their outline at all, then it's not a dark version. If the buildings blend perfectly into the the black sky, then you have a copy where there is no variant here, just like New Mutants 87. However, due to the market premium, we do label these cells separately as a variant. We've tracked many of these dark cells, and this week is the first time that we've seen a true representation of this cover, which sold raw for $1,378.99. That is more than double that of the standard cover. So what do you think? Is this a variant? Is it not? Is it worth the extra money? What do you guys think? So, yeah, this is interesting because when you bring up that cable, um, so there's an orange cover and there's a red cover, right? Uh, and for the longest time, I was looking for the red one because for, for some reason, the orange one seems to be pre, uh, the the dominant one. Like whenever you look for it, you always see the orange one more. We're talking about the first appearance of um, Cable, uh, whatever that New Mutants issue is, or is that X Force? Whatever, man. New Mutants eighty-seven. New Mutants eighty-seven. New Mutant, yeah. So, but for the longest time, I was like trying to find the red one, trying to find the red one, because you know all the ones I find were were all orange. And so this is this isn't a variant, uh, maybe a manufacturing defect maybe or something along those lines but you know obviously people you know nowadays it's it's the scarcity of what people think right i mean there's probably not as many as these but um you know edge of spider-verse gwen all these books are going to blow up as soon as you see a live action version like i said it takes it takes it takes to people to see it 
live for them to go out and buy it. You know what I mean? It's just the way of the beast. So uh, there you go. Edge of Spider-Verse issue number two, the dark version. Can you imagine this in a 9.82, though, with the with all black? Oh, man, that's got to be a tough, tough one to get. Um, so uh, we go from Edge of Spider-Verse number two to another book, uh, similar, kind of. But this one should definitely get you on the board, I think. I have Maybe. it at least. Yeah, this this is good today. We've got Howard the Duck issue number one, the Ron Lim Gwenpool one in twenty five variant, originally published in two thousand and fifteen. Now, last week we covered Lady Deadpool. However, there's constant chatter and fanfare around the other female Deadpool, Gwenpool, created for the cover of Deadpool's Secret Wars issue number two, the Chris Pachalo Gwenpool variant in two thousand and fifteen. As a mockery of Spider-Gwen, she was not only accepted by fans, but celebrated and officially introduced into the Marvel Comics universe via this 2015 issue of Howard the Duck, issue number one. She has continued on into her own series and featured on a variety of covers. Hardcore fans and collectors, like Mr. Longshort of Tales of the Flipside, seek her hard-to-find issues, giving them a surge in demand and prices. However... This key cover appearance started it all and just keeps surging ahead with a big sale of $987 for a 9.8. That sale was destroyed a few hours later by another 9.8 for $1,500. That's crazy. That's crazy. Within hours, somebody paid in hours. It went from 1,000 to 1,500. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I have this one. I remember when Gwenpool came out, it was all the rage. You remember that? It was like, uh, I remember that one cover where she's like laying in the pool. That one was yeah. sought out after two. I mean, it was just, it's just, you, you take, it's always a hot character, right? So, you know, Gwen, Spider-Gwen, what have you, and then Deadpool. Mash them together, and there you have it. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Um, but, uh Interesting, you know, enough. I mean, I don't know if we'd ever see it, but you know what it would make? It would make a great what if story for Dis on Disney Plus, I think. You know what I mean? Um, you know, who knows? Maybe it happened. I mean, maybe there are whispers of it because why else would people be spending this kind of money? Whenever there's movement like this, I always think that there's a reason behind it because people are uh, somebody knows something and they told somebody else. So, you never know. I got to go pull out all my Howard the Duck number one uh, variants and uh, Gwenpool covers. Uh, I have a bunch of them somewhere, man. Um, but yeah, I can't wait. Isn't that and, one of uh, her on the uh, in the pool? Her first appearance, and it's not even like in the book. It was just like it's a, a cover, first a cool cover, cover appearance. They made up for her. I yeah. think it's the first cover appearance. Is her on the on uh, laying in the pool and she's on yeah, like she's on one of those floaties? Yeah, yeah, she's not even in that book. She's just on the cover. Yeah. Right. So I thought that's they made her up just for that cover and then it, it caught on and then they made her into a character. Yep. All right. So uh, uh Howard the Duck number 1 the Ron Lynn Gwenpool 1 in 25 variant from 2005 1500 for a 9.8. Damn. I got to go digging in my own long boxes and see what I got. All right. So uh this one is uh an oddball of a book. So uh, you may ah. have it, but it, I don't know, man. I don't know how many people who are getting this, but uh, it's an oddball book, pun intended. Yeah, it's an oddball book. All right. This brings me back to childhood. This is 
Mad Balls number one from Marvel 1986. This little oddity just sold for $788 in a CGC 9.8. Mad Balls is a line of foam balls with monstrous faces created by Amtoy, a branch of American Greetings. Each ball had a distinct, a distinguished name to match their gross character. Marvel was the undisputed king of licensed properties throughout the 1980s, publishing adaptations of Star Wars, Masters of the Universe, G.I. Joe, Thundercats, Transformers. Uh, secondary to those pop culture juggernauts were Madballs, the short-lived but popular bouncing horrors. Marvel published a three-issue adaptation of the toy line under their Star Comics imprint. Their now defunct juvenile comics, the the wonderful the monthly charmed Peter Porker, the spectacular Spider-Ham, brought to the big screen in the Spider-Verse movie as something of a cult favorite with a slightly lower print run due to the fleeting popularity of Mad Balls, the first issue of the comic adaptation can be greatly sought after. Mad Balls has experienced a resurgence in the beginning of 2006 with new toys announced in 2020. Nostalgia for original toys, excitement over new product, and collectors who loved them as a kid that are now adult to disposable incomes explain this week's unexpectedly high record sale price for this book. Look out for the Lion for the Lion's Forge 2016 series that features one incredibly tough to find and incredibly awesome one in ten variant of Mad Balls number one by the artist Stephen Crowover. Its current fair market value is 60, though we expect that that may go way up as copies are almost impossible to find. Yeah, look at that gnarly cover. That one (laughs) is gnarly. I mean, compared to this one, that looks fun, kind of, but this one, that looks dope. Uh, that first one is for kids, and that second one is for those kids. Who grew up <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Acid. Yeah. This is. Yeah. This is a. This is definitely not for children. But I, I dig this. But man, who who the thunk? Mad balls. I had these toys as a kid, and never knew they had a comic. But yeah, I've been collecting um, these like old cartoon show comic books, like uh, or yeah, like uh, Street Sharks, uh, Biker Mice from Mars, Tiny Toon Adventures, things like that, because. That stuff is all coming back up around, like gargoyles, things like that too. Have been yeah, remember? Cool. I think Garbage Pail Kids comic made yep. it on our list before too. I mean, it's it's all nostalgia buys for people who like this stuff when they were kids, you know, in the eighties, and now as they grown up and have careers and they're like, you know, have disposable income and they they cashed out on their game stock GameStop stock and they're like, hey, yes. let me buy comics. So uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so uh, Mad Balls. Issue number one made it to the Shakers list. Never would have thunk it. But then again, yeah, this is the Shakers list. Uh, okay, so uh, we go from a possible to a definite offer. This is an offer. Are you guys ready for this one? This is a fantastic story. Fantastic writing, by the way, tonight by all the writers over at Cover Price. Next up, we've got Marvel Comics issue number one, originally published in 1939 from Timely. Two million four hundred twenty-seven thousand seven hundred seventy-seven dollars and sixty-five cents in a CGC graded nine point two. 
we needed to start off the week's new record high sale price for this legendary issue. This, that is almost $2.5 million. Damn! Fasten nice. your seatbelts. Nice this job, JB. This is a yeah. comics grail. Published in 1939 by Timely Comics, this was the Neophyte Publisher's first printed comic. This issue introduces the Human Torch as well as a Golden Age Greats, Jungle Terror, and the Angel. No, not the X-Men's Angel. This one is a non-powered detective who wore a costume as a spy buster and fought na zombies. That's right, Nazi zombies. I know, I know. What Nazi isn't a zombie, right? And this is also the first comic appearance of the Golden Age Kazar. Again, not the X-Men one. His Golden Age predecessor. This issue also serves as Namor the Submariner's technical second appearance. Namor was created by Bill Everett in a prototype giveaway comic called Motion Picture Funnies Weekly, of which only eight copies exist, and they were found in the publisher's estate at the time of his passing. Now, Marvel Comics issue number one serves as Namor's inaugural mainstream widespread appearance. Also, do not forget that Namor predates DC's Aquaman. That's a big bloody deal. Now, the Human Torch introduced here is the android who fights beside Captain America in the Nazi stomping invaders. He is then later brought into modern Marvel continuity with appearances in Fantastic Four, West Coast Avengers, and the Namor's 1990s title. This is the first Human Torch to ever see print. The original. Also, very big deal. Oh yeah, Timely Comics? The publisher for whom this was their very first comic? Well, they grew up to be Marvel Comics, Marvel Entertainment, and Marvel Studios. All of that, the entire Marvel age of everything, started in this one issue. Namor's first mainstream appearance, the first Human Torch, and the beginning of Marvel's legacy substantiate the astronomical sale we saw this week. Additionally, the fact that this comic, printed 83 years ago on cheap newsprint, somehow surviving intact in a 9.2 grade, is utterly remarkable. An absolute cornerstone of the comics industry, this single issue is indeed one on which to build a collection. That is incredible. We always we always talk about it, like when that Action Comics went up on Heritage. What was it like a nine point or something along those lines? And books from the thirties that are graded in a nine. These man. are time machine books, man. I'm telling you, time machine. I already, I already told you guys my theory about that, man. If I had a time machine, I would go back. But remember, you have to have the right currency. So take back the Ooh. correct currency from 1939. You can't give them a dollar bill. They're gonna look at you. Be crazy. like, what the hell is this, man? Yeah. You trying to pawn off some fake? Yeah, shit me. you gotta bring. You gotta find a 1939 ten cent piece. You know that may cost you a wee bit, but it's worth it if you could buy it. So, uh, yeah. So, my God, that's. Uh, this is this is history. I mean, you know, Marvel Comics number one. I mean, you know, two thousand four man for nine point five million. Isn't Crazy. Namor also the first superhero to ever fly? Yeah, with his little wing legs, with yeah. his little wing feet. Superman yeah. didn't fly yet. Superman was still jumping at that point. 
Fight me on it, people. Fight me on it. It's true. It's true. He was he was still uh, leaps he was and the bounds. First flying superhero was yep. Namor. Yeah, because uh, I forgot what issue was, but it wasn't in uh, like Action Comics number one. It was like maybe you know five, ten issues later, where maybe even more, where Superman actually started to fly. But prior to that, he it was you know what was the saying able to leap tall buildings in a single bound, right? You know, and then they just said, screw it. You got a cape, fly, you know. You know, it's interesting to me that in Mar- in the DC comics, so many people fly. It's like, it's if you think about it, Martian Manhunter, Wonder Woman flies, but she has a jet. I don't understand that part of it. But anyway, <laughs> um, Wonder- Marvel Comics, number one, first print, man. First print from 1939. million in a 9.2. And I would say that is money well spent indeed. All right. We go from uh, unattainable to I half of you better have this book because I always post this book uh, doing Halloween comic covers. And I've been I've been talking about this book for a long time, hopefully. And uh, it's pretty attainable was at least what do we got up next. All right, coming up next is Marvel premiere number 28 from 1976. Marvel superstars of horror, Morbius, Man-Thing, Werewolf, and Ghost Rider team up to form the Legion of Monsters and confront Starspeed, who has returned to Earth in hopes to rejoin the human race in peace. Not truly understanding Starseed's intentions, they attack him. Unbeknownst to them, Starseed held the power to free each of the monsters from their respective curses, but, but, but perished in battle before he was able to help. Monster-themed comic books have always been an incredi- incredibly desirable, even more so with these pre-cold horror comic book fans. We have seen this particular issue continue to spike in value over the past few years. But this past week, we saw a massive CGC 9.8 go for $10,000. What? $10,000. What? A 9.4 sold for a record $1,060, with a record raw copy topping $750. This Bronze Age monster book has always been incredibly popular, but these average raw copies now selling for over 400 bucks is also about time to get really expensive. There's going to be some monsters coming out for sure pretty soon. This is I great. Agree. I used to sell this book at Torpedo for like 60 bucks, like raw, all day long. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, all day long. Um, let me hold on one second. Let me just make sure I I have this correct. James, so at, the two at, out of six. at the time of the when the notes were given to me, there was another sale. So a raw a raw comic sold on March twenty third for a thousand dollars. So even the notes say seven fifty. Uh, I just looked on cover price right now. A raw copy sold yesterday for a thousand dollars. So wow. Somebody knows something. So here's the interesting thing. Um, first off, Marvel premiere issue number 28 uh, on the Shakers list. Um, so I, Oscar Isaac doing his uh, press junket for uh, Moon Knight. Um, he was on a, 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 a Spanish show 
Spain, literally Spanish, because the guys from Spain, I actually worked with them before, uh, Strip Marvel. He's got like uh, 900,000 subs on YouTube, and we collaborated before on some scoops. Um, he interviewed Oscar Isaac uh, during the press junket, and Oscar Isaac l- named like the Midnight Suns. He he didn't he straight up said and he just said oh I'd like to be part of Midnight Suns but he actually named the characters that wanted to be in it as well, um you know not saying this is part of it but it it, it all ties to this whole thing you know, um even the early reactions for Moon Knight that have been coming in I think uh, the press got like to see the first like three episodes or whatever and the press is saying Moon Knight is the uh, most supernatural show yet even more so than WandaVision. Um, so there, I just want to see a, a, a CGC, uh, I'm sorry, a, a CGI, uh, man thing walking around. That'd be great. Oh yeah. Man that thing is so coming. cool. <laughs> oh yeah. Giant uh, size uh, man thing is coming. Yeah. Go check out our long-term spec list from about two weeks ago. Man thing, uh, Disney plus show. Um, what, uh, you know, what I was going to say, um, yeah, they're going horror. I mean, you know, so far the reactions are good about the Oscar uh, Isaac and the Moon Knight. I mean, if you looked at some of the new clips, it looks pretty dope. They, I mean, it, it, the costume is is not the same as it is in the comics, which I which is kind of cool. Um, if you looked at some of the um, the uh, featurettes that they do, the costume kind of envelops him. And even like you know makes him bulletproof, and that's my Moon Knight. I don't like. I'm not a Mister Midnight guy. I am the Fisher the Conchu Moon Knight fan that gets powerful when the full moon is out. Remember that? I mean, in the early runs of Moon Knight, you know, the, when the moon was out, he got more. He was more powerful, right? So if you want to beat up Moon Knight, beat him up when the, there's no moon out. <laughs> so that's what I think. All right, so uh, we're halfway there, boys and girls. So uh, let's. Are you tired of paying 10, 15% or more for your raw and slab comics? Check out our friends on my slabs. The platform designed by collectors for collectors just got even better. MySlabs.com is proud to now feature dedicated sections for both raw cards and raw comic books. Browse over 100,000 slab collectibles authenticated by the industry's most trusted grading companies. Then check out a massive selection of sealed wax and now raw singles and raw lots. Join a passionate, no-nonsense community of nearly 50,000 members and enjoy some of the best buyer and seller protection in the business. And as always, MySlabs offers one of the most disruptive pricing models in the hobby with seller fees as low as only 1%. So the next time you're forced to pay 10%, 20% or more to sell something from your collection, head over to MySlabs.com, the low-fee marketplace by collectors for collectors. There you go. I do believe it's 1% on slabs and 3% on raw. And you can sell singles or you can sell a lot. So you can sell like, uh, you know, if you have Avengers 1 through 10 or whatnot, or if you have uh, Nova 1 through 25, I only say that because um, I have a sneaking suspicion that Nova number one will be on the top 10 list or the shakers list uh, next week. Um, if uh, I mean, if you think you can find Super Adventures number six, um, good luck to you. I do not think it uh, it does not exist. It's and a fanzine. It, yeah, those things are gone. 
Yeah, because uh, deadline the, the deadline article said first appearance of Nova was in Super Adventures number six. I said, wait a second, what? that was a fanzine created by Marv Wolfman, um, and you know it was like uh, I do believe there was a heritage. It was basically like him just drawing on something. I don't even know. It wasn't it wasn't published or anything like that. I mean, uh, Marv Wolfman's first published work was in DC in 1968. But if whoever has that, whatever Super Adventures number six, you're they're gonna get big bucks for it because I have a feeling you know there's maybe I can only at, see imagine there's a handful of them. It's basically he wasn't even called Richard Ryder yet. He was called Black Nova at the time, and it was just him sketching out you know what he thought you know. And it was it was a fanzine. He was 20 years old at the time, um, so it wasn't really. But it's interesting how Deadline said first appearance of Nova, uh, Super Adventures number six. I'm like, well, uh, I don't know about that because it's not really a real comic, but you know. What are you going to do? But anyway, um, so I'm super stoked for Nova news. Uh, we don't talk about news. Of, uh, you know, and I, I think I'm going to bring back the Lord's news show where we talk about news and uh, how it affects comics. Because, you know, we kind of started that stuff way back when. But, you know, but when that news dropped on deadline, man, oh, man. And they said it's the Rich Ryder version, not Sam Alexander. But, man, just the whole Nova core that, you know, give me Nova Prime, man. That's yeah. what I want. Nova so I was Prime. hoping to see that too. I love that Nova series, that DNA Nova series when he was Nova Prime. Yeah. Oh yeah, with the helmet talking to him, and yep. he was like super yeah, powerful. He basically, he yeah. basically had all the power of the Nova Corps because they were all dead, uh, and he was going out and just wrecking shop. Uh, and he was part of the, the whole annihilation wave and everything. That so storyline was like that's what brought Marvel Cosmic back. Marvel Cosmic yep. was gone for for the longest time, and that DNA uh, series with that. Guardians of the Galaxy, the Annihilation stuff, that brought back Marvel Cosmic to the top. Yep. It was uh, Abnett and Benning, right? I mean, they really kind of started that. You know, they, you know, they're writing on the um, Annihilation Wave and the Guardians. Um, people don't give Abnett and Benning uh, uh, Bennett, or is it Abnett and Benning? Anyway, Abnett and, Land Abed and Landing. Thank you. Abnett and Landing. People don't give them any credit. They always give Bendis credit for Guardians of the Galaxy, but Abbott and Lanning were the ones that really put great cosmic stories with the Guardians of the Galaxy and everything. So, uh, man, I can't wait. Got to go. Marvel is going di cosmic and supernatural in Phase 4 and 5. That's I, all you... I just bought a set of uh, Annihilation. Yeah. Off of eBay just today because of this. Well, I, I have... I'm going to see it come back around. I, I spec. Oh, I didn't spec, but I bought the Nova Annihilation. I think mm -hmm. miniseries, which is one through four, which is when the first time he is part of the he gets the hive mind. So that's the like the all powerful supernova. Uh, I think all the covers are were there all the covers done by Adi Granov. I'm trying yeah. to remember. There's yeah, Adi Granov and uh, also like some early Gabriel Delato stuff too. Yeah, some gorgeous covers. Go look for Nova Annihilation one through like four or five. That is the first appearance of what I would I guess Nova Prime is what you would call him. But uh, you know, you know, you know, he was. Uh, I guess he was too powerful, so I had to kill him off. Oh, spoiler. But anyway, I urge you all to go read that. It's a great run. All right, so we go from Marvel premiere number 28 from 1976. How we were just talking about this, and then we were talking about Nova. But you know what? It's a segue because Marvel is going cosmic and supernatural. So there you go. That's my segue. All right, what do we got up next? Well, I guess we're going cosmic, right? 
Next up, we've got Solo, a Star Wars story adaptation. Issue number one, the Luke Ross 1 in 50 cover, originally published in 2018. Now, the popular Star Wars Crimson Dawn series featuring Kira is the leader of the criminal organization. Well, her inclusion in Star Wars canon has given her first appearance in this solo adaptation a huge boost in value as seen with this 1 in 50s variant's new high sale this week of 750 bucks for a 9.8. Now, portrayed by Amelia Clark in the film, fans are hopeful that she'll reappear in future Disney Plus content. What do you guys think? You got this one? No, but no. Prime does. Yeah. Nemesis so this has is all Star Wars books. Yes. Yeah, so this isn't even the, uh, the Han Solo series. This is the actual adaptation of the movie. Um, you know, and it, and it's a one in 50 from, you know, from who would have, you know, you know, a lot of people pan that film. You know, I enjoyed it, you know, because yeah. for decades, I heard about the Kessel Run and I finally got to see it. And I geeked out hard, right? I mean, Big you time. you you hear about the Kessel Run, and then you finally see what the Kessel Run was, and it was it was it was dope. Um, so, like you know, it, it's uh, Star Wars is like pizza. Even when it's bad, it's good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, um, you know, and or other things that that I won't say because this is a uh, you know this is for the Can't kids. No, it's not. It's for adults anyway. Solo, a Star Wars story adaptation, issue number one. Luke Ross, one and. Fitty variant from 2018 hit a cool 750 bones for a 9.8. All right, next up is Gabe's favorite book on the list. Yep, this is the one that I wanted to pick the most to read about today. So this is Transmetropolitan number one from DC Comics 1997. Warren Ellis's cyberpunk dystopia-based vertical title is considered one of his best titles to this day. In fact, the similarities from this book, written in 1997, to today's culture are eerily too close to home. In a digitized world where humans can download their consciousness into, into hard drives, modify their bodies to look like aliens, live alongside computers with free will, struggle with corrupt presidents, the main protagonist... Spider Jerusalem, who is modeled after Hunter S. Thompson, is an investigative reporter exploring these variations, conspiracies, and injustices and exploiting them. This is a must read for all comic book fans. With a raw fair market value of $32, it's been very undervalued. This week's new high sale of $511 for a 9.8 beating out the last high of 350 earlier this month. It's a tide-changing moment for the book and definitely a book to own. And I was bringing this up because this is absolutely my favorite comic book series of all time. Gabe, you're full, you're, you're, full, you're full screen now, so you, oh, can okay. show, you, you can show the people how big of a fan you are. I got Boom. tattooed on my arm. He's got, he's got the ink, son. <laughs> Crazy. So, yeah, I mean, I got I the first CGC I ever bought for this, or I've ever bought was about 20 years ago. And it was this copy. It's just some random 9.4. It is all I could have found at the time. I just wanted to get a cool CGC book. But I own <laughs> all 60 issues. I own all the trade paperbacks, the absolutes, the, the Kickstarter. I have original art. 
Like this is my. But do you have the glasses where one is rectangular and one is round? That's Google glasses, and we will get that sooner or later. (laughs) (laughs) But this book is fantastic. If if anybody likes cyberpunk, um, it's it's Roy Ellis who's fantastic, a fantastic writer. Derek Robertson, who's uh, the artist for the boys. Yeah, this entire series himself. It's it's a vertical title. I think yeah, I think Derek passed away too, didn't he? No, he's still around. Oh, he's still, one of the one of the creator from the boys passed away. I forgot who it was. I, I could have swore I thought it was Derek, but never mind. No, thank God. Um, but yeah, I, I love everything about this book. This is definitely one that people should check out. It's a little political heavy if you're into that kind of stuff or not, but it's just this futuristic world where he, they, they predicted things like Twitter, they predicted things like really crazy presidential races that were going on in this book odd religions there's a lot of things it it seems like they wrote it today like it's a commentary on today but this is 1997 so it's this really cool futuristic look of everything it's great that is pretty dope all right so transmetropolitan uh i remember this book uh from the 90s i wasn't a big uh dc fan and helix was a, a sub label of dc at the time this is um but this pre does this predate Vertigo or was it side by side with Vertigo? It was it was concurrent with Vertigo and then this yeah. died and or Helix died and Transmet was the only book to survive and it went under the Vertigo uh title. Yes. Uh yes, there there, thank you. Yeah, it was Dylan uh who passed away, uh that was worked on the boys. Thank you. Um so Transmetropolitan number one from nineteen ninety seven, nine point eight for $9.8, $511. Uh, this is interesting. Uh, we were, I, we were just talking about this book on Tuesday show and Matt and Matt didn't even know. And, uh, sure enough, it's on today's list. All right. Next up, we've got the walking dead issue. Number 100, the retailer appreciation Lucille unsigned originally published in 2003. Now, when issue number 100 came out, the Walking Dead TV show was already a massive, massive success. And the first issue was one of the most expensive modern comic books. When this anniversary issue introduced Negan for the first time, no one expected him to be the iconic villain of the series so late in the run. His popularity skyrocketed quickly, driving up the value for most covers of issue number 100, though. It was the Lucille the Bat's three variants that went nuclear and became some of the most valuable variants. This version of the cover was limited to 500 copies and were intended to all be signed. Copies were sent to retailers as a thank you for their long support of The Walking Dead. However, multiple unsigned copies made their way into circulation and have become quite rare. Hence, this week's all-new high sale of $1,800 for a CGC 9.8. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Now, we've only tracked eight sales throughout the book's history, with the last high sale of 1K in August of 2021. Previously, the focus and high value were always on the red foil version, sold directly to the public via Skybound's online store. Now, this version cost 250 bucks and was only provided during the 2012 Black Friday Cyber Monday weekend in limited capacities. 
That hit an all-time high of $2,025 for a 9.8 in January of 2018, though only sells for about 1016 in 9.8 today. Now, in 2018, you could pick up this unsigned version for around $450 in a 9.8. The market premium has definitely flipped here. That you guys is got crazy. I I do, but I don't have this uh, Lucille one because uh, I remember when Walking Dead 100 came out, it was all the rage. Uh, well, mm, yeah, well, I'm trying to remember. Uh, yeah, because this is it? the first time they did multiple covers. I think. Yeah, right? it was, the it, yeah there was tons of covers actually. Yeah. When I think about it, yeah, I'm a, I meant you know this is like Walking Dead would just. I mean, I think they've calmed down a little bit. This was, you know, for a while, they're walking in was trudging along. First appearances here, there, and the other. But Negan really, you know, that. And then, of course, the bat, Lucille. Rest in peace, Glenn. Oh, too soon? Or too spoiler? Soon. Too soon. Oh, okay. Too, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, I mean, and that really put AMC on the map as really a cable. It wasn't a cable show. It was more like HBO because there was some serious violence going on on that show. Uh, you know what I'm saying? It, it was crazy violent uh, what they did on that show. I mean, nowadays, and, and you think about it, nowadays, FX, AMC, they're dropping F-bombs and all kinds of other crazy stuff. Like uh, Snowfall is one of my sh- favorite shows in FX, and pretty much everything goes in that show. But, uh, you know, AMC, I mean, you remember back in the day, like uh, broadcast cable, you know, you still were limited on what you can do. You couldn't, you know, curse and stuff like that. I mean, damn it, they're damn near almost like HBO. But the only thing is they just don't allow you to do uh, nudity. But you can pretty much get away with everything else. So, you know. So The Walking Dead number 100, the retailer appreciation, Lucille, unsigned for $1,800. Wow. All right. So uh, we go for one that you probably have, or at least one of them, to something that is, man, I don't know what the hell this is. I don't know who has this. Maybe somebody in the UK has it. All right. So last one of the night, we're looking at Warrior number one from Quality Communications 1982. This hard to find British publication marks the first appearance of Alan Moore's V for Vendetta and Marvel Man, who was later renamed to Miracle Man. This is obviously tough to find here in the States, though they're out there featuring two comic book masterpieces, Miracle's Man's Excuse me, Miracle Man's return to Marvel Comics is helping his first appearance jump in price with high grade copies selling for $500 and more, and a new high sell of $8,505 for a very rare CGC 9.6. That's the highest grade incentives with only two of the copies sharing this grade. This is a great investment book and one to watch closely when other copies appear. Yeah, I meant. The UK has had a long, rich history with uh, science fiction comic books and 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 writer. I mean, I mean, pretty much Europe, right? If you think about Dutch Mobius, Dread, yeah. yeah. If you think about Mo- uh, Mobius, the the French artist who did a lot of like sci-fi stuff, um, uh, right, um, you know. So yeah, I I did not know this was the first appearance of V for Vendetta either. That's you know, 
that's this is another one you know it's not but it's interesting to me is like people in the uk i have a friend that works that lives in the uk and he says you know our comic shop he goes our comic shops don't have any back issues of old uh british comics you know what i mean but every now and then you can you can buy a you know a, a, a comic on ebay that was a, a uk edition or something along those lines and it never was released in the u.s um here i'm looking at my background There's uh, an Avengers featuring Doctor Strange comic in my background here. I'll, I'll show you after here. You see that one? See that cover? Yeah. Dormammu one? The Dormammu cover? one? Yeah. Yeah. That was never released in the U.S. That is a strictly a U.K. book. It was uh, the Avengers featuring Doctor Strange. Right? Go figure. Nice. All right, so uh, let's go see what's shaking today, boys and girls. I know we're running a little bit late, but, you know, you guys want to see what's shaking today. So let's get right to it. Here, let me take this off so it can be a seamless, dare I say, seamless, seamless transition. Seamless transition. Seamless transition. Skadoosh. All right. That's seamless, all right. Seamless. Yeah. So, you know, this is cover price. Uh, this is the top 10 that we cover on Tuesday. This is Movers, most units sold. Looks like Captain Carter is doing pretty well. 15 units sold. Love seeing that X-Men number one still picking wow. up. Wow, 30 units sold for that X-Men number one. 20 for uh, Star Wars. Um, Ultimate Fallout. Jesus Christ, 17 units still sold. Man, people spending big money. But we're here to shake things up, damn it. Let's see what's shaking today. And I know I have three of these. Oh, look at that. I got, uh, yeah, Fantastic Four, Ultimate Fallout. I got two copies of that off at CGC right now. Uh, my giant size X-Men uh, is an 8.0 signed by Chris Claremont. Yeah. Um, we shall see. I like seeing that. I have uh, an Avengers 1, TiVo? Come on, man. Where? You don't have an Avengers 1 in your collection? No. That that ship has passed, man. This book used to be, you can get like a, this book used to be like three, $4,000 for like a 4.0, 5.0 about five or six years ago, I, I want to say. Uh, but a graded 1.0, 2300 Damn. Whoa. I paid 2300 for my 3.0. Highest known value. 9.6 215 grand holy cow that was seven years ago yeah jeez i wonder how much it is now right all right uh our usual suspects teenage mutant Ninja turtles good old x-men 90 wow a raw dog sold for a thousand dollars x-men 94 i expect this book to pop pretty soon man because i warlock is definitely coming man Oh, I hope you're right. 850 for a 7.5. That's still a good price. Yeah. The but mini, also, there's mini. that weird debate of which one is really going to be. Oh, the my God. One. It's all yeah. over the place, man. Yeah. So, I yeah, I try to cover them all. I have what this does one. cover price say for this one? Slide down. Does it does it says this cameo, is cameo and origin and of origin. him? And then he go back one issue. Go, go back one issue. What does it say that one is? Oh, that's so, nothing because it's a Fantastic Four book. No, no. That, right, right. But what he's saying is, it's still like the oh. appearance of the cocoon or oh, something. Origin, it's the origin of him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but there's also the Marvel, is it the Marvel premiere book um, of Warlock? Is it, I'm trying to think. Marvel premiere, premiere number, number one? one? Yeah. I think yeah. it's number one. Yeah. Because Warlock did 
uh, two or three issues, and then it became a Doctor Strange title after yeah. that. And then um, they had those Thor issues too, right? Yeah. After and then that. there's Warlock number one. Uh, it just goes on and on and on, man. It's one of those things. Hey, Tivo, roll up real quick, man. I want to. I want to go back to X Men ninety four. Notice that it's got the fire um, symbol next to it. Means so, it's a hot book. That's a hot book. And then the other one had a purple diamond on the um, New Mutants ninety eight. So that must have been something special on that one. Is that because it's newsstand? Yeah, uh, Australian. Australian. Okay, Australian. I didn't know they made if, Australian if made comics. Uh, how so do you tell? It, is it it's on the barcode? Well, no, the key comic is you the little key right there, but next to it was a little purple diamond, right, and right. that meant there was something special about that book. That's why I wanted. Yeah, to hard to find. Yeah, but how do you know that this is the Australian edition? Like, how do you how do you spot it out on the book itself? Well, is it, I think it's on the uh, well, right there in the, the price. Bottom, right? Yeah, no, it's in the price. Oh, One fifty Australian up in oh, the up there in the top. That's cool. I've I've literally never seen an Australian comic. I mean, I've seen UK comics, Mexican comics, Italian comics, French comics. I've never seen an Australian version. That's pretty interesting. And then uh, when but, you see the fire symbol, like you see on X Men ninety four, those those are the hot books. So I always like to go to my collection and see if I have any fire, you know. And every once in a while, there'll be some fire books in there. Yep, that just means it's hot, 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 hot. Uh, wow, look at these. We always talk about video game books. Super Mario Brothers Special Edition uh, from uh, Acclaim Valiant, 1990. $818 for 9.8. This isn't even like the first appearance. The the first appearance of like Super Mario Brothers and all of them, man, that one's fetching big bucks. Um, but that one's interesting. Uh, a little Craven Love here. Ah, here we go. Some Voltron for you. <laughs> I, I read somewhere on on the, on the news, internet that, they, that's yep, being, that yeah, they're, they're going to do a live action live Voltron. Action. Yeah, they're doing a live action Voltron. So They've got a graded oh. one for sale if anybody needs. To. I don't know if they could top that uh, Netflix series they did. Yeah, that Netflix series was pretty good. Um, oh, here, hey, oh, Milo Manara, the one in fifty. Spider-Man's logo you is showed one without right the trade dress. Where... Yeah, <laughs> they totally should do a version for. They have a version of it without the trade dress, don't they? Slide down, see if it's in there. Is no, that a version of that? No, I oh, think he did a sketch on. for it, but Marvel wouldn't allow him to like to do it. I don't think because um, I, I do know there is there's artwork out there that shows it, the trade dress without it, and I have the Penthouse Comics uh, where that this is an homage to. Uh, I forgot which issue it was, and I think I sold it uh, during my last auction. So, um, in the Penthouse Comics, uh, Milo Milo Manara did the same, almost the same pose with a girl, um, except for there's like you know a crowd of dudes behind her going, <gasps> gasping. <laughs> you know, it's kind of there was so just, much like complaining when that when that image first came out for that book. I remember, yeah, that, that Manara cover, and then they just yeah. covered it up with the the logo, so, anyways. So everyone's buying Star Wars 1. Now you're going to start buying Star Wars 2 because it's the first appearance of Obi-Wan. But Star Wars 3 is on the list. Is there a first appearance in that one? I didn't see. Nah, probably, but... There's so many first at, appearances in that Star Wars run that they just yeah. keep coming out of the woodwork. So pay attention. This is the new stand, not the not the regular. The 565 for a raw copy. <sighs> Huge. I have I have uh, one sent off the CDC right now. Unfortunately, it's not a, a newsstand; it's direct stand. So, wow, look at this! 
fantastic comics from 1940. Oh, that guy's face right there next to his junk. Look at that. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that? I want to. Who's that? Um, Samson. Yep. Doc Samson. Is that Doc Samson? Is it his name Doc no, Samson? No, that's, that's just Samson. Oh, Samson, like biblical Samson, right? I think so, maybe. Maybe yeah. this is some kind of like. <laughs> this, this is great. That guy's laying on the bed of nails and everything. It's hilarious. Yeah. And there's something coming down on him. <laughs> but that's dope. I mean, look at the size of Samson. Good Lord. Okay. I'm down with ah, one of my favorite covers of cover. the modern era. Joe Casada 1 and 20, House of M, shows the madness of Wanda. And if you remember in the Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness trailer, when they're kind of, tr- when him and I think America Chavez are like rolling through like the Savage Land, their bot, their their faces are coming apart geometrically, kind of like this. Um, but this is dope. Five twenty six for a nine point eight. I've got. I, I wish I had this. I think I do. I'm trying to remember if I. I do, got the, uh, is, the the Joe Mad variant one down there. But this is great. Let's see, Joe Mad, do, 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 Joe Madura. Connecting covers. Look at that. That is definitely Joe Mad. Love me some Joe Mad. Battle Chasers coming soon or whenever. At least it was announced. Open. Ramatut. Here's why I think this book is first appearance of Ramatut, Nathaniel Richards, 520. You know, I don't know if they can do Nathaniel Richards' version of Ramatut, but what if I, I, I pose you this question in the live chat? What if? Arthur Harrow is actually a version of Ramatut or a sorcerer for him because Arthur Harrow in Moon Knight does not have any powers. And if you look at the trailers, Arthur Harrow is, uh, he has, he's doing some powerful stuff. So I you think know, he's I'm, Dracula, man. I don't know about that, but he's definitely somebody. Um, hey, let's look at this Earth 2 issue number 19 The Parademons of Apocalypse. The first appearance of Valzad for 500 bucks for a 9.8. Boom. There you go. Some DC love for y'all. First appearance of The Watcher right here, 494. Ooh, my God, this is going to. Damn it, I wish I got the Virgin. Uh, I have the uh, I have the trade dress. Five, almost, almost $500 for a raw copy. But it also it's it's also the first appearance of uh that character I forgot his name already um so uh what's his name I forgot but uh, there are some cool variants on this so if you could tell I have quite a few of them <laughs> um I have two of these this is the one in one hundred this is my favorite by the way because I'm a huge Bruner uh, Frank Bruner fan this That's is dope. look how psychedelic that is That's I, I so seventies. Sure. Yeah, exactly. And even look at Bruner's uh, tag uh, signature at the bottom. Even yeah. that. So the Frank Bruner hidden gem variant, one in one hundred. Fifty nine dollars for a raw copy. One eighty nine for highest known value, uh, January thirtieth. So uh, yeah, I'm 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 right there. Uh, I didn't pay. I paid a little bit more than what the fair market value is. But you know what? Uh, if I can get Frank Bruner to sign it, he's, I know he's still alive. Hopefully, he can. He's he's doing a con season, so um, or some type of signing that we can get him to to do it. Uh, I always love these Jungle Books. 
Terrors of the Jungle, Savage Titan, from Star Publications. Oh, look at that. $449 for a 6.0 from 1953. That is the meanest elephant I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> oh, man. By the way, yeah, charging elephants are not to be fucked with, by the way. Here you go, Gabe. This, <laughs> this is, is just for mate. you, man. Yeah. Just for you, man. If if I, you and I, I both remember that? Deathmate. Deathmate had multiple. I thought they had multiple covers, but this is Deathmate preview. This is the preview, actually. So not Deathmate number one. Uh, I just, I'm not, putting together, uh, coincidentally, a video about Deathmate that I've yeah. So on my this YouTube is channel, so. <laughs> for, for those who don't know, this was an Image Valiant crossover um, series that they did. Uh, so this is the actual preview of it. Four hundred dollars for nine point eight. So imagine all the um, Valiant characters and all the image characters together. That is nuts. Which, you know, I don't, you know, the, the days of the, those days are maybe gone of cross promotion like that, you know, to that, to that extent. Here we go. Oh, no, I got the other one. Strange Terrors from St. John Comics. Look at that. Giant edition. Three regular 10 cent comics in one. Wow, 375. I consider this a bondage cover. Yes, we do. Oh, yeah, oh, sure really. it is. Spawn. I haven't seen this spawn cover. Spawn number 234, the sketch variant. I dig it. 375 for raw. I spawn is the one of the things that just boggles my mind, although it shouldn't, because spawn has a you know a deep cult following from way back in the day. So and they want any, everything. Exactly. Um, but that is that is a pretty dope sketch cover by Todd McFarlane. Um <laughs> I have this. I have the La Mole version as I talked about, third print Ryan Stegman. Um first appearance of no, uh arguably, but three forty nine for a nine point four. Wow, not even a nine point six. What's a nine point six one for? Nine point eight sold for nine hundred dollars. Wow. Oof. Well, I think it's also the Necro Sword and everything. Here we go. Oh, there we go. Boom. I dig this cover. Star Wars Empire Ascended. The Patrick Zercher 1 in 25 variant from, jeez, 2009. All right, Justin, if you're in live chat, why is this book worth this much? What What's the significance of it? Um, I need to know. Why is it, why is it selling for so much? That's crazy. I got this. And at 9.4, speaking of the devil, which sold for $330. But this, if you guys don't have G.I. Joe number one, you need to get it. Because when G.I. Joe movie, the G.I. Joe movies come out, the G.I. Joe run is just full of first appearances going throughout the series. Because there's so many damn Joes, you know. Uh, I hope we get a proper G.I. Joe film. Um, you know, apparently they're building uh their universe so man you know what man i haven't seen monstrous talked about in a minute i love this book this is such a beautiful book such a gorgeous cover too mm -hmm. marjorie lou uh the first appearance of maika micah or mike maika uh 325 for 9.8 i remember this book was was all the rage all the hot but uh let's see what the highest note value oh only in uh 375 for 9.8 Great I could have swore it was optioned for something. I'm trying to remember. Was it? Oh, there's the Jenny Frizen Voltron. Oh, look at the price on that. $300 for Raw. Oof. 
Voltron Defender of the Universe, a legend forged by Diamond Dallas Page. I'm so sorry, I just read DDP. <laughs> so, have you seen that show on Netflix with Diamond Dallas Page? It's called, it's a Guardians of Justice. No, it's never like, heard of it. It's like half animation, high, half live action. It is the most bonkers shit you'll ever see. I don't know if it's good. I cannot tell if it's good or bad, but I can't take my eyes off of it. It's so it's basically a take on Watchmen and maybe the Justice League and like um, Dallas <laughs> Diamond Dallas Page pays what is like maybe like a like a like a Batman type character in it, and I think it's called the uh, Guardians of Justice or something along those lines. Um, man, this book is still going hot. Uh, <sighs> First appearance of Illuminati. People are going to really be mad if they don't show up in that movie. <laughs> well, well, I think we when we saw Professor X, they they probably saw it coming. All right, so uh, yeah, so yeah, go check that show on 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 Netflix is bonkers, man. Um, because I was when I was I was like, you know, somebody was saying how crazy it was, and I so I, I put it on and it ran through like the credits and goes starring Di- Diamond Dallas Page. I go, what the fuck, Diamond <laughs> Dallas Page is starring in this? I was like, come on now. Uh, but it it it, it has like half animation half live action and it's just uber violent it's just really kind of it's just 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 watch it without knowing anything going into it that's that's probably the best bet i would say uh but we we've held you guys captive for long enough yeah i know you guys want to watch march madness this is the lowest viewership we've ever had on a thursday show so um you know everybody's watching uh the sports ball go sports ball gabe any last words uh, thanks again for having me on, everybody, and I hope you guys enjoy your upcoming weekend. See you later. All right, JB, any last words? Yeah, thanks for having me on. You know, uh, another fantastic show. Actually, I'm going to be on at the bottom of the hour on a comic chop up on the Keep It Thorough channel. So come swing through and check me out. Oh, Look sweet. at you pulling double duty, man. <laughs> I feel you're, you're cheating on this, kind of. I mean, I feel <laughs> kind of like you know that's wrong, but Tell those hey, they, what up? Yep. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us, boys and girls. We'll be back Tuesday. Uh, I am going to be in full recovery mood for the next two or three days. I ain't doing a damn thing and ramp up for WonderCon. Make sure you check out our friends at KRS Comics, booth 801. Make sure you check out the cover price. Uh, uh, KRS booth is 801. Our cover, the cover price panel start Friday at 5.30 p.m. Make sure you check them out. I'll be there with Nemesis Prime and uh, quite possibly Gabe. See what happens. You, bet, you better go. You already said it. It's I'm it's out in the ether. <laughs> Bro, you live in Vegas. It's like a three and a half to a ten hour drive. Come on, man. It, it's it's a hour. forty it's a forty five minute flight. There you go. That is for true. like sixty bucks. So yeah, come I, on. I, I, I no might reason. Just do it. You have no excuse. Do it. All right, man. Uh, so thanks for joining us, boys and girls. We'll see you Tuesday for the uh, comic book uh, cover price top ten. Until next time, boys and girls, keep digging in them long boxes. Peace out. Legends of the universe, their mission to fight injustice.
to right that which is wrong, wrong and wrong. to serve all mankind. Oh, that the Lord is up there. Um, What's in the box? 